those Frenchies seek him everywhere. Is he in heaven? Is he in hell? That damned elusive Pimpernel. Presenting Marius Goring, star of the motion picture Red Shoes, have Baron Adopsi's immortal character, the Scarlet Pimpernel. which means not affairs of the heart, but affairs of war. And that's how it's usually been with Tony Dewhurst and myself. Yet there was an occasion when we found ourselves cast in the roles of matchmakers, and we flatter ourselves we did it rather well. It began one day when we were resting at our beach cottage outside Dover. We were walking along the cliffs, when suddenly below us something attracted Tony's attention. Look, Peggy, there's someone in the water. Oh, so there is. Chilly day of a swimming, don't you think? Swimming? The hang, that fellow's in trouble. He's thrown up his arms and gone under. Well, he's up again now, waiting for help. Well, we've got to do something. Well, there's a track down here to the beach. Come on, then, let's go. Tony was first, As we raced across the sand, he flung off his coat. A quick plunge into the water. And his powerful strokes drew him quickly towards the stricken swimmer. A couple of minutes later, a limp body in his arms, he waded ashore. Shoulders keep her warm. That's it. Now give it to me. Uh, uh, I'll, I'll take that. Don't be a fool. You're just about done in. Uh, it was a bit of a struggle. Oh. You got her right. Yes, gather up your clothes. Wrap yourself well. The sooner you're both indoors in front of a fire, the better. By the time we'd reached the cottage, the girl had come too. But it wasn't until her clothes had dried and she had a large bowl of hot soup, and till we brushed aside her protestations of gratitude, that we finally heard her story. First of all, I'd like to tell you my name, Phil. It's Rosemary. Rosemary Bardo. That's a good English name. Where do you come from, Rosemary? I'm Biden here, sir. From Sandwich. Do you live with your parents? Oh, my father, sir. My mother stayed in long years, sir. Father's Jim Bardo, the fisherman. How on earth did you come to be in the water? I just waded in, sir. You mean it wasn't an accident? No, sir. You went in there deliberately? Yes, sir. To drown yourself? Yes, sir. People wanted on me, I know, but 
I'm glad now you can't slow me, thank you. But why? Why did you do it? I'd rather not say. You must tell us. Lovely young girls of them. How old are you, Rosemary? Going on for 19, sir. A lovely young girl who's going on for 19 don't try to commit suicide unless it's for a very good reason. Oh, it's well, for a good enough reason, sir. Well, do tell us, please. We may be able to help. Well, if you must know, it were on account of Pierre. Pierre? Pierre Letoile. An odd foreign name. He's French. Uh, well, you mean the Letoiles who live in the big white house along the cliffs there? You know them, sir. <laughs> very well, eh, Tony? Oh, very well. Then you must know Pierre, too. Yes, we know Pierre, too. It's a small world, as they say. Please, sir, you'll not tell him anything about, about this, will you? Uh, not if you don't want us to. Oh, thank you. You still haven't explained, you know. About doing what I did to you. Well, it, it's because I'm in love with Pierre, you see. And he's in love with me. Yes, but... And nothing can come of it, ever. Well, why not? Pierre's the gentry, sir. I'm a fisherman's daughter. Yes, but surely if you're in love with each other... My father will have none of it, sir. Nor will Pierre. Why not? He's already obligated, sir. Engaged to marry someone else, you mean? Yes, sir. Oh, we met last evening and told him he'd had a big quarrel with his father. But it was no good and he was forbidden to see me again. After he'd gone, I cried all night. And this morning, I went to Long Clifton. And it all seemed so hopeless. You decided to end it, eh? I see. Well, you come along. We'll take you home now. Oh, you don't need to bother, sir. I'm all right now, and I know my Well, it's no bother. Besides, I want to meet your father. You'll you'll not tell me, sir. Please, you must. On one condition, my dear. What's that? That you give us your solemn promise never to try anything so idiotic again. Oh, I should never do it again, sir. I can see now how foolish it were. Promise? I promise. Bardolph proved to be a tough, durable little man, sun-tanned with a grained face like good British oak. With as much delicacy as we could, we broached the subject of Rosemary and young Latoire. He turned on her at once angrily. So you've been talking about that again, have you? And the strangers, too. Save on your last. I'm sorry, Father. Now, you mustn't but blame I... Rosemary, Mr. Bardolph. You see, we're here. Well, we chanced upon her this morning. And we could see she was very unhappy, so we persuaded her to tell us. I about. assure you, she was most reluctant. If there's any blame, it's ours. Well, that's just maybe. But what I always say is private affairs should stay private. Uh, in the normal course, yes, I quite agree. But it so happens we know Pierre the Twilight and uh, find the whole thing a little difficult to understand. How do you mean? Well, he's a fine young man, steady, reliable, sincere. Well, I've not against him personally, if that's what you get at. Well, then why do you refuse to allow Rosemary to see him? Because oil and water don't mix, that's why, nor never will. What, you mean that... I mean my daughter's my daughter. He's gentle. No good never comes of such things. Why don't he stick to his own coin? Because he loves me, that's why. He wouldn't marry me if he could. Yeah, that's what they are, say. But when it comes to the point, it's a different story. Pierre's not like that, Father. Then why don't he marry Tell me that. You know why. Because he's not allowed. Because he's already beholden to another. No, the excuse be good enough. I'm sure you do, Pierre, less than justice. Uh, so am I. Uh, Mr. Bardolph, um, suppose... Um, well, suppose by some means Pierre's parents were persuaded to change their minds. Uh, suppose they agreed to his marrying Rosemary. Why talk of the impossible? In our experience, nothing's impossible, but it's proven so. You want your daughter to be happy, don't you? Aye. And then if they did approve the match, you'd not approve it. Wait, 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 wait a minute, sir. Now, I've not said that. No, but you will say it now, won't you? Well, uh, 
If they say it's all right, and he still wants to marry her, I'm not standing her way. Good. That's all we want to know. Come on, Tony. Where are we going? We're to find Pierre and his father, of course. As we made our way towards the Twelve's home, we were, I must confess, in some little doubt. Five years ago, at the height of the terror, when Tony and I had brought the Twelve's out of France for the safety of England, Pierre had been a boy of sixteen. He liked him then, and admired his steadfastness. But sometimes people change as they grow up. Perhaps old Barolf had been right about him. And then, as we neared the entrance drive, we saw him. He ran forward, eagerly to meet us, and in two minutes we knew we'd not been wrong. I do not, Monsieur. You must believe that from the bottom of my heart. And you really want to marry her? It is my greatest wish. Well, then, why don't you just uh, elope with her? It is not possible. Well, it's done before. I should have thought anything so romantic would appeal to a Frenchman. No, no, that is popular fantasy. It is you English who are romantic. Well, I never noticed it. It is true, I assure you. We French are the practical ones. First, you see, I am promised to Suzette Deschamps. Little Suzette? Oh, so that's who you're supposed to marry. Yes, Monsieur. You'll never have that name. Yes, indeed. She's only a child. I think she was when she returned, can't we? Well, that was four years ago. I dare say she's going up now. That is almost 18, monsieur. And very lovely. Uh, but not so lovely that you want to marry her. One does not give his heart to two. Suzette and I have been friends since childhood, but that is all. How does she feel about it, eh? There is a young Englishman, an officer of the guard, the Honorable Rollo Chauffe. And she's in love with him? Yes, I think so. But of course, she's an obedient daughter. You mean she's... Going to do what she told. Yes, monsieur. And apart from Suzette, if I were to elope with Rosemary, I would be dispossessed. Cut off without a penny, eh? That is what my father has said. I suppose you were. You're not afraid of work, are you? Oh, no, monsieur. I want to work. In fact, I must tell you, sir, I have a a big, exciting day. You have heard of New South Wales? The new colony in the South Sea? Yes. But that's a convict settlement. Oh, they want free men, too, to till the soil and civilize the wilderness. That is my dream. To go there with Rosemary. To have our own land and farm. To grow wheat for bread and grapes for wine. Well, why don't you take her there? <laughs> money, monsieur. For our passages to buy land and tools and to build a home. Well, we could lend you enough. Thank you, monsieur, but I could not wish to. Well, why not? That is too much to ask. Besides, I am what I suppose you call a beautiful son. Though my father is so difficult over these side. Well, I honor and respect this thing I could not do against this. I see. Well, the matter is that unless your father can be induced to change his mind, we can never hope for this dream of yours to come true. That is so, monsieur. Right. Well, we must talk then. See what we can do. I am grateful for your interest, but it will do no good. You will waste your breath. I know. No harm wasting a little breath now and then in a good cause. Come on, Tony. <laughs> While welcomed us as old and valued friends, but as soon as we got onto the subject of Pierre and Rosemary, his face set in stubborn, obdurate lines. No, no, no. Absolutely and definitely a thousand times no. But, sure. You and your stewards wanted myself and my family a great service. At much risk to yourself, you brought us out of fear and danger. You gave us that something we had forgotten. Freedom. You almost said and saved our lives. You exaggerate. No, 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 no. It is true. I was grateful then and. I still am today. I would do anything you want. You know that. Except the one thing we ask. That I am afraid is impossible. I am Pierre's father. I must be the one who is allowed to decide what is best for the future. Even fathers can be wrong sometimes. 
Tony, you must see the girl. He really loves this girl. A mere infatuation. We don't think so. At any rate, he doesn't love Suzette. What has love to do with marriage? Well, a great deal, I suppose. Ah, Pierre, he's a good boy. Suzette is a good girl. Love will come later. And if it doesn't? They are of the one world. They have known each other since they were children. There will always be mutual affection and respect. Oh, many marriages have succeeded on that. So that's your final answer as well? It is. And the wedding should be... Uh, when? A week from tomorrow. So soon? Oh, the sooner it is over, the sooner Pierre will forget his some um, fisherman's daughter. I hope you will both do us the honor to be present. Yes. Oh, yes, yes. Uh, yes, we'll be there, all Very 
Emma. Oh, so do I. We grew them at home in France, of course. But somehow they were not right there. They are so... so English. And you like English things? Oh, yes, very much. Uh, particularly a uh, certain young English officer. Oh, yes. I have something important to say to you. Huh? Now, I'm going to be absolutely frank, and I want you to be too. Promise? If you wish it. Good. Now, you're to marry Pierre Latoile a week from today. Yes. You want to marry Well, I... Do you promise to be frank? No. No, monsieur, I do not. You know, of course, that Pierre's in love with a girl named Rosemary Bardot. Oh, yes. And you are in love with Rollo Cecil. Oh, monsieur. Uh, please, Suzette. Yes, yes, I am. And is he in love with you? I do not know. Oh, you mean he's not declared himself? No, never. But you think he is? I have... I have to hope, monsieur. Good. Then if Pierre were to marry Rosemary, you would be able to marry Rollo. But it is not possible. Uh, uh, I have a plan, but uh, its success depends very largely on yourself. On you, monsieur? Hmm. On the degree to which you're willing to cooperate. Oh, I will do anything, anything at all. You really mean that? Yes. Splendid. Now, first of all, who's making your wedding dress? A dressmaker in the village. Her name is Adelaide. Uh, you know her well. Yes, monsieur. She is trustworthy. I mean, can you rely on her discretion? Oh, absolutely, I'm sure. Good. Well, I want you to go to her today, and you'll tell her to make an exact duplicate of the dress, yes. including the veil. I take it there is to be a veil? Yes, it's in one. Ah, then I tell her you've changed your mind. Tell her you want a thick one. What, monsieur? Very thick. <laughs> There were many things to be done during the next week. Rosemary's fears to be allayed and her cooperation gained. Andrew Fuchs had to be summoned from London as Tony was otherwise engaged. At last, the day of the wedding came. Suddenly, was to be at four. At half past three, a carriage containing Deschamps and Suzette left for the church. When suddenly, as the coach rounded a bend... Hey, you there! Must I, Wayne Vincent? I said, don't be so crude, old sir. We prefer to be known as gentlemen of the road. Sorry, Your Honor. I'm sure. Yes, you'll be a lot sorry of this pitfall chance to go off. Don't, don't shoot, sir. Please don't shoot. I've got a wife and four children, sir. What is the meaning of these? Here you and a young lady just step down. You'll know very soon. But this is an outrage. But I must do everything. But, oh, yes. Yes, I suppose so. Keep an eye on that coachman. I know they've been all day like monsters. Young lady. Thank you, monsieur. You better come along too, Kirsten. Yes, sir. Certainly, sir. Wife and four kids, sir. So support. Two minutes later, in a hut hidden among the trees, Deschamps listened, open-mouthed with surprise, as a certain proposal was prepared. Monsieur Deschamps, you will be good enough to remove your altered garment. What? You heard me, sir. This is absurd. I refuse. I would remind you, monsieur, that this pistol is loaded. Uh, please, do as you are told, please. With all right, then. But only under protest, Matthew. Under the very firmest protest. In the next few minutes, quite a number of personalities and garments were changed. Then finally, we were in the carriage and on our way. Suzette in her wedding dress, Rosemary in the duplicate wedding dress, with two very thick veils over their heads, and I in the somewhat unusual role of a proud father. Oh, Mr. Berkeley, how can you hope to succeed? 
Even if Pierre agreed to deception, what of his father? Have no fear. We are not without our resources, mademoiselle. And what is losing them? At this precise moment, a carriage containing none other than the Honorable Rollo Sergius, who I venture to think will not be entirely unwelcome at this moment, should not be more than half a mile behind us. Oh. He, too, you see, has a rendezvous at the church today. Now, that leaves one other carriage to arrive, the one containing Pierre and his father. You will, my dears. You will. The brides were ten minutes late, but that, of course, is the traditional privilege of brides. And one of the bridegrooms was even later, because at that precise moment, only a mile away from the church, Lequire's carriage, by a strange coincidence, had suffered a similar fate at the hands of abominable Hiram. Monsieur Lequire, was good enough to remove your outer garments. What? You heard me, sir. What? This is absurd. I refuse. I would remind you, monsieur, this pistol is loaded. Papa, please do as you're told. Please. Well, all right then. But only under protest, Matthew. Under the very firmest protest. Meanwhile, I was trying to calm an exceedingly agitated parson when, thank heavens, Pierre and his new father arrived. Oh, my. I never believed it possible, despite what they told me. But here you are. My dearest. Come back, I time's a wasting. This is a young lady. Very charming. Oh, very charming. Yeah, this is me. I'll explain later. Oh, there, you know, it's most irregular. You should not be meeting to the actual ceremony, you know. Oh, dear, And what's more, you're over ten minutes late. Now, do, do, do. Just, just a moment. And, and tell you, who, who am I, sir? Is it the father of this young lady? Of course. I can't be bothered with you now, sir. I have a ceremony to perform. It is concerning the ceremony. I must talk to you in private, if you please. Oh, dear, dear. Very well, very well. The truth of the matter, my dear fellow, is that there has been a slight mistake. In fact, to put it simply, the two people you are here to marry want to be married, but two different people. Uh, what? It is perfectly simple, my dear fellow. As far as you are concerned, it is only to your advantage. Really, I do not understand. It is very, very simple. You see, it is two weddings instead of one. It is an old French custom to have a little surprise in the pair. Both the bride and the groom are to be married, but not to each other. It may be a French custom, sir, but in England it is quite oh. impossible. Uh, allow me to correct you for both possible and profitable. Um, le toile, mon frère. Uh, le toile. Uh, yes, my dear. Uh, uh, that bag of gold. Oh. No, 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 let me... Uh, naturally, for a double wedding, that will be a double thing. Oh, I, I, I do begin to see your point. Uh, and so, a few minutes later, down the aisle walked bride and groom, uh, and groom and bride. I had the privilege of giving away my daughter, Suzette, and Fuchs did the honors for Rosemary. As for Pierre's father, but just at that moment, the door of the church was flung open, revealing the two real fathers. Stop! I really don't care who you are. The wedding has taken place, and you are in church, and you are in your undergarment. Now, please get out.
Gloria scoring as the Scarlet Pimpernel. It is surprising how champagne can help in these situations, particularly when dealing with Frenchmen. <laughs> I give you a toast to the happy pair. My echo that toast. It is terrible. They are married and they are not married. Married and uh, not married? What do you mean? Uh, Mr. Deschamps is perfectly right. The uh, parents' consent has not yet been given. Then they are not married. Oh, yes, they are uh, married, too. In our family for 400 years, we have always been married or unmarried. Something must be done. Oui, but, uh, but what? Uh, oh, that's perfectly simple. Uh, just sign these documents. Ah, uh, but I am not quite sure. Uh, there will be another fee, of course. Oh, well, in that case, it is uh, quite simple. Uh, Sir Percy, may I give you another toast? To those without whom this would not be such a happy day. The friends of freedom, the league of the Scottish Symphonelle. Scarlet Pimpernel, starring Marius Goring, with music composed and conducted by Sidney Torch. Produced by Harry Allen Towers.